right. Welcome to another episode here of Chop Shop Sports. This is Brian joined by Paul here with Chop Shop. And we're talking quarterback hot seat today here. We got uh, the Hall of Fame game wrapped up this past weekend. Now we're kind of looking forward to the first week of preseason. A lot of quarterback battles going on and a lot of quarterbacks that may not have any competition right now, but their seat's getting a little warm heading into uh, the year 2020. So, Paul, let's get started with you. What's one quarterback spot that you're looking at where the seat's getting really warm for someone that's holding the starting job right now? Yeah, Brian, great to be back. Uh, so we talked last week about a couple quarterback battles that we touched on briefly. And, and my number one is going to be the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. That's two top three picks from the 2018 draft class. One of them, their career will probably be over after this year. So I think that one's interesting. And, and we touched on that last week. Um, but another one that I find really interesting is Matt Ryan to Indianapolis. I believe this is the Colts' fourth starting quarterback, at least their fourth uh, in four years, uh, week one. I believe Jacoby Brissett uh, four years ago. And, and I don't know if he took over from Luck five years ago, so it might be five years in a row with a new week one quarterback. Um, but you go from Luck to Brissett to then Phillip Rivers, then Carson Wentz, now Matt Ryan. So you've got a string of now your third quarterback um, where they weren't going to be the franchise guy. I mean, Carson Wentz could have been, but Phillip Rivers was never going to be the franchise guy. He was too old. Matt Ryan is too old. Um, so Brissett and Wentz were kind of two guys there. And the Colts were really, really good the last two years, and uh, Phillip Rivers couldn't do anything with them, and neither could Carson Wentz. So I think the Matt Ryan by default is a hot seat just because uh, the next quarterback class is going to be very loaded. And I think a lot of teams are going to use this year to evaluate if they want to keep keep their guy. And I think the Colts are going to have to draft the quarterback regardless. So Matt, Matt Ryan has had terrible teams since that 2016 run to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see if he will be good enough to, to lead the Colts deep into the playoffs because uh, because they're, they're right there. Uh, they have an excellent defense, a great run game. Uh, I think they shirt up their offensive line a little bit. So I think that's one of the biggest ones to look at. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's kind of uncharted territory for Indianapolis. Think about it. I think it was 1998 they drafted Peyton Manning. Yep. He held down that quarterback job. Uh, I mean, it was it's one of the greatest 13, 14-year runs that any franchise has had with Peyton at the helm. And then they – they kind of, you know, no pun intended, they luck their way into Andrew Luck. Yep. Who, again, you know, we've talked about the best quarterback prospects. That's two of maybe the four best quarterback prospects to ever come out of college. Yeah. So it's kind of uncharted territory because they've had sustained success with the franchise quarterback. They tanked one year, had another quarterback where they had a good stretch there for the 2010s of success. Obviously, mm -hmm. Andrew Luck, you know, sad that he's no longer playing. But now they've kind of just had patch jobs ever since. You touched on it with Jacoby Brissett taking over. They had Phillip Rivers. They had um, Carson Wentz last year. And now this year, Matt Ryan. And it's kind of a shame because that team is there. They're ready to compete, you know, yeah. around yeah, the quarterback. They, they have solid pieces on the offensive side. They've got a really good defense led by Darius Leonard. But they don't have the quarterback. That's what's held them back the last couple of years. This is definitely uncharted territory. The Colts had the number one picks for, for Manning and Luck. 
they're not going to have a number one pick with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's too good. But the question now becomes, is he good enough to even get you to the playoffs? That's a real debate. Now, they are in a weak division, so they might they might find themselves winning that division because your competition is Davis Mills in Houston, a Jacksonville organization that hasn't been able to get off the ground since, you know, besides that one magical run in 2017. Yep. And then uh, – and then whatever's going on with Tennessee, I, I just don't see Ryan Tannehill having much more success. Um, so it's going to be interesting. They're obviously going to have to evaluate Matt Ryan, but I can't imagine he's going to play more than more than a year or two. You know, he's getting yeah. up there in age. He was drafted in 2008, you know, so he's been around the block. This is, what, his 15th year? So, like that, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's and, – and he's no longer – he's not what he was. He wasn't MVP caliber Matt Ryan anymore. That's just not his game. But it is interesting to see where it goes. That team has had the talent to compete. I don't know if Matt Ryan's the guy. So if I were Indianapolis, I, I like your take there. I think unless he comes out of nowhere and has a 2017-like year, I'm looking to move on and draft someone next year. Yeah, I, I really I, am. Because you yeah. have the team. I, I, I don't like the idea of just staying afloat with a talented roster when your quarterback is just not good enough to get you there. Yeah, and this is like the – opposite problem that a lot of teams have normally a team will have a quarterback that hey we're going to build around this guy and see where it goes and, and this is the opposite situation and it's, it's kind of baffling to me and if you're a free agent quarterback that's you know high level uh, this would be a team you'd have to look to to land like a Jimmy Garoppolo you'd have to love to land in Indianapolis because the team is built yep. to win a Super Bowl that there's Minus the quarterback position, this team has a Super Bowl caliber roster for the last two, three years now. And whatever quarterback gets taken, they they don't they're going to need to pick a quarterback who's NFL ready. There's going to be no projects. And I know every team is looking for that NFL prospect, obviously coming out of college. But there are guys who, hey, this ceiling is really high. He he's not going to be there year one, year two, maybe even year three. But down the road. He can be a franchise guy. They need somebody who can compete that might have a lower ceiling, but a higher first year floor, because we've talked about it. Once you pay your quarterback, the odds of you winning a Super Bowl are almost zero. It just doesn't happen. So drafting a quarterback that within the first few years can win a Super Bowl. Look at Russell Wilson uh, there. And, And the Patriots were good, but Tom Brady, Tom Brady came into an excellent situation. Um, and you just don't see that with teams who have the number one pick. So the number one quarterback usually goes to a bad situation, but if they can find a guy in the mid rounds, you know, maybe even trade up to pick picks, you know, 13 through 20 to find that third or fourth quarterback in next year's draft. Even if you have to give up a bunch of draft capital, it is worth it because I've never seen such a stable organization in any sport, not have the stability at the most important position. And I, I think that's a very fascinating thing that we have with the Colts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know what? A similar problem is going to run into a team like Miami. We roll yep. over there with a quarterback that's on the hot seat, and that's Tua Tungabaloa. That's a team that's built right now. That was a top-five defense the last, I believe, nine weeks of the season last year, led by Xavier Howard. You go to the offensive side of the ball. If you're a quarterback, I mean, could you imagine a free-agent quarterback you're stepping into an offense. Your backfield includes Raheem Moster, Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, and your wide receivers are Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, 
Cedric Wilson, and you got Mike Kosicki at tight end, who's a top 10 yep. tight end. They've got weapons. They've got talent everywhere. The offensive line is getting better. Again, you add one of the best left tackles in Teron Armstead if he can stay healthy. If you're a quarterback, there's not many situations that are better, and they have a good young offensive mind at head coach with Mike McDaniel. Tua's got to perform this year. Now, he's been one of the quarterbacks that's kind of gotten a bad rap because of what's happened with the other quarterbacks drafted in that class. Joe Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Justin Herbert's breaking rookie records. Tua, coming off the hip surgery, he did not look like Alabama Tua. So he's, you know, word out of training camp this year is that he looks more like the Alabama Tua. He's throwing deep more. Tyreek and the Mike McDaniel systems opening up that offense for Tua to kind of show what he can do now that he's like a full two and a half, three years removed from that hip surgery. So maybe we finally get the Tua that we've been waiting for. But yeah, if – yep, go ahead. And, and, and I like to take over a little bit sometimes when you got the Dolphins just to, to foot stomp your points because you are a homer there, which I is am. fine. I am. But <laughs> just uh, th- this is not a homer take because you look at what happened with Tua. A really gruesome injury, uh, to put it quite frankly. That's a gross injury. And the fact that he's still playing football is unbelievable. Um, and you look at where he gets drafted. So he's in a, you know, right now, one of the franchises that's in a little bit of turmoil with their owner and the controversies that have come up this year. But you look at, you look at, he comes in his rookie year, it's a COVID year. So not much off season. And you're coming off of that injury. So you're not, not much offseason to get work in with the team. You, you can do your own workouts, but any former athlete knows that they, that can only go so far. And then you come up, you finish year one, and then you go to year two, and it's kind of the same deal. There's still a lot of COVID protocols. It's still hard to get in that extra work. So this is like his first real offseason right. uh, of his three years. So, so to take that next step is if he goes out and is a top 10 quarterback, I don't think experts would be too terribly surprised. Um, there, there's going to be some haters that will bring him down, and his praisers are going to be like, oh, we knew it all along. And I, I don't know if you can go that far, but to s- expect him to come out and have a good year is not unreasonable with what his prospects were. Because he probably, even with how great Joe Burrow was, there would have been a lot more debate of who that number one pick is if Tua doesn't get hurt. Agreed. Exactly. Tua was locked in as their number one pick until that injury add in Joe Burrow's historic year. It was the perfect storm for Joe Burrow to go number one. Yeah, he, he was the number one pick like consensus for like two or three years, same way yep. Trevor Lawrence was. Like There was no taking Trevor Lawrence's number one spot, no matter how good of a offseason draft camp or whatever, training camp or uh, you know, uh, combine, no matter how good you were, you weren't taking the Trevor Lawrence because a franchise would get absolutely obliterated if they didn't take Trevor Lawrence. And that's where Tua was before his injury. And, and it gave the, the Bengals the out and the easy pick of let's take Joe Burrow. Exactly. And so that's where it gets interesting because then you have to assess your options. Cause when you drafted Tua, the dolphins were in a rebuild. The idea was by year three, year four, year five, the rebuild is rolling and your quarterback is rolling and now you're ready to go win and your window is open. Right now, the Dolphins' window is opening. That roster is, re- is still really young, but there's talent everywhere. The window is starting to open for them to go compete in the AFC, but they need the quarterback to step up. What we've seen so far from Tua is not going to get it done. 
do I think he has that potential? Yes, I, I think he does. We're talking about one of the top 10 quarterback prospects of the decade. But he's got to show it. And if he doesn't show it, then the questions start to become, well, where do you go? Because they have a they have a first-round pick. They just lost one, actually, yep. due, to the ta- due to the tampering violations. They just uh, lost a first-round pick next year. But they still have San Francisco's first-round pick next year. So you have a pick. You got future first that you can move if you need to move up and get a quarterback. Or do you go for a Jimmy G who, you know, again, we've talked about a solid quarterback could step in in some scenarios. And, and we saw him do it in San Francisco with Mike McDaniel. And so yeah, that, I, I was just going to say, yeah, I think in that, that 49ers pick could prove to be very valuable with Trey Lance in that division. That, that could prove to be a valuable pick this year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of players gone from San Francisco. Uh, Debo resigned, obviously that's big for them, but we'll see how they do. And you know, we kind of let's move on here as we're talking quarterbacks. We're going to stick in the AFC. I touched on his name earlier, former Dolphins quarterback Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. That's a team right now that is maybe a year or two ahead of where we're projecting Miami. That's yep. a team that's windows right now. We saw them go to the AFC Championship game a couple years ago, led by Derrick Henry. But Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. Now he regressed to the mean a little bit. He doesn't really show up in big moments. If you're Tennessee, what what what's the temperature there for Ryan Tannehill and that organization? It's it's blazing hot. Um, if, if he can't lead them, you know, at least I want to say the conference championship game, but you know, maybe even the divisional, getting out of wild card weekend. Um, it's extremely hot. Derrick Henry's getting older, uh, and, and we see. Uh, and we see running backs regress a lot. Uh, he's, he's 28 this year. He'll, he'll be 29 for next year. So his, his room, you know, his, his window is closing and this team around him isn't, isn't great. Um, they just lost AJ Brown. They lose AJ Brown. And it's, it's just one of those things that their window is almost closed. They got a great head coach. I'll give them that. But outside of Robert Woods, they don't really have any other real threats. And Derrick Henry is not a great pass catcher. Um, their tight end is Austin Hooper, uh, who's, who's okay. He's, he's not one of those guys that you get excited about having on your team, but he's, he's, he's okay. He's not a liability. So their window is, is this year, maybe next year. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. Their moves this offseason – have been confusing to say the least. It yep. sounds, it almost seems like they are starting the rebuild. When we touched last week on uh, the Tannehill Malik Willis dynamic. And if Tannehill doesn't have a good year this year, we could see the Titans blow up this roster in, and start again. They, they got the head coach for a rebuild. So they got their coach. They know, they know what he is. So he, his job is safe, but Tannehill's is not, and if he doesn't perform, he's he's out the door this year. Yeah, yeah, especially with Malik Willis, who I like Malik Willis. Uh, I don't think he's ready to play now. He might not even be ready next year. So Tannehill could be your bridge quarterback in that sense. But this team is ready to compete right now. That's what's so confusing about all this. I know you had to pay A.J. Brown, but you're not helping your window by trading him away. And I know some Titans fans might get excited because – I believe they drafted a receiver in that trade that they made for A.J. Brown. And I can't tell you – we can do a list, and it will go over pages on first-round busts at wide receiver. So 
I, I don't like that move. That was a big body receiver that you can always throw it up to and rely on as a, as a safety net. And now you got rid of him too. Now Malik Willis, when you want to bring him in, he doesn't have that safety net either. So yeah, it's a, it's a really weird move. And at a certain point, you cannot keep running the ball with Derrick Henry like you are. As big as he is, he will break down sooner or later. And once he does, that's that's the engine right there. It's done in Tennessee. They'll have to restart. So it is interesting how that works out. I they, think they, yep. They they drafted Traylon Burks 18th overall this year. Yes. And I just looked it up. So Derrick Henry's under contract through 2023. So I, I would give the Titans a two-year window. So maybe Tannehill doesn't get canned after this year, but he's got two years. And because uh, I would imagine that re-signing Derrick Henry, if Tannehill's not performing at a high level, high level, that might be a very low priority. And he could be switching teams as a 30-year-old running back. And, and we know what running backs do when they hit the age of 30. There's the exceptions of Frank Gore, uh, Adrian Peterson, but even those guys weren't elite after year 30 or much longer after year 30. Right. So you're looking – and they had a guy who was almost – he was almost the consensus, like, number one quarterback draft pick this year. So the fact that he fell as, as far as he did, yeah. you know, could be for management to say, look, we, we got Malik Willis, who was a projected top 10 pick in the third round. Why not yeah, go to him? Absolutely. Why not go to my, him my, now? Not yeah. or not now, but as in later in the year or next year. Yeah, no, I hear you. And the, and the only thing that concerns me with that, it just comes down to you have the team to win it now. So if Tannehill's not it, and we assume that someone as raw as Malik Willis, who I think has a really high ceiling, I don't see him being ready this year. And, and maybe he needs to wait a little bit in 2023. But if – Say by week eight this year, you see that this team has the talent, but Ryan Tannehill just isn't getting it done, which was proven again and again his eight years in Miami and then again his couple of years in Tennessee. At what point do you go make a move for a Jimmy G maybe? You go make – just do something. You, you got to find something because then I, I, I can't imagine Malik Willis being better now than Tannehill. I do believe he will be in a year or two. Uh, quarterback with a much higher ceiling, New Orleans. I know this is kind of both our guys. You're you're a Saints guy. I'm a Florida, a Florida State guy. State guy. Yeah. Yep. Jameis Winston. He's back from injury. That is this is a quarterback who number one overall pick in 2015 with Tampa Bay. He would still be the quarterback in Tampa Bay if Tom Brady wasn't there. Yep. So we're talking about a guy that, yes, he has his turnover issues, but talent wise, I would make a strong argument that this is a top ten quarterback, talent wise and ceiling-wise in the NFL. Yeah, and not only that, I think if if the Bucks would have kept on to Jameis and let him learn under Tom Brady like the Saints let him do with Drew Brees for a year, I think Tom Brady's retired still. I don't think he comes back. I think he plays his two years and moves on. Um, I hear you. Even... I hear you, but I, I can't imagine a starting quarterback being – it's like a head coach. You can't demote him. On that yeah. same team, I I don't think Jameis. He's too good. He someone else would have made use for him. Shoot, if he was in Tennessee right now, I'd be calling Tennessee maybe the second best team in the AFC right now. Yeah. So you you mentioned his turnovers. I think he played five games last year, and his stats were he threw for almost twelve hundred yards, 
14 touchdowns, three interceptions. Yep. That is Sean Payton knowing how to use him. I was at that week one game where I think he threw – I mean, I don't even – he threw like 20 passes if that, and none of them were – none of them were dangerous. So he played seven games last year it looks like. I'm, I'm looking at his stats. Um, he got hurt in, in game seven, and they were five and one before he got hurt. I, the Saints team is really good, and they are in a weak NFC. Uh, I made the mistake last week of saying AFC North being a weak <laughs> division. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not making that mistake this this year. You, you got the Bucks who who are what they are, and they got Tom Brady. They're, they're going to be in the conversation. And then you got the Rams, but they've got some question marks with this Matt Stafford potential injury. We don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, through the year and then after that who who's it who's really a team that were like they are a Super Bowl contender you got the the Packers because they got Aaron Rodgers and then you got the Cowboys but they're the Cowboys so you look at the I would put the Saints in the top five of teams that you would say could come out of the NFC this year I think they're the fifth team that you look at of possibilities and that biggest question mark is Jameis Winston in the coaching and Dennis Allen's been with the team for a while, so I don't think that'll be a huge thing. So if Jameis Winston can go out and play like he did in the first few weeks of last season, I, I not only think Jameis plays himself into a big contract, but I think we see the next Saints franchise quarterback for the next five to ten years. I I, I agree with you to an extent. I'm a little I'm a little more hesitant to say there are top five potential coming out of the NFC. Only because who, I see who, who would you put above them? Who would you put above them? You know, okay, so here we go. We let me preface this by saying we both agree that the AFC is much more difficult, much more difficult. Yeah, NFC, absolutely. NFC, I've got Tampa Bay ahead of them. Yes, agreed. I've got Dallas and Philadelphia. Okay, so that's where we differ. Okay, but okay, you got Philly. All right, I, I got, got Dallas Gre- above them. I've got Green Bay. Who just lost a number one receiver. That's probably the worst wide receiver room in the NFL right now. And I know they got Aaron Rodgers, so they're still above the Saints. But they I got just want to Aaron preface Rod- that. Exactly. Yep. Who um, hasn't been to a Super Bowl since 2010, 2011, and, and loses in the conference championship. Not, <laughs> no Aaron Rodgers hate. No Aaron Rodgers hate from me, but hey, this listen, is probably his Green worst Bay, team. Green Bay doesn't deserve – the fans do. That front office in Green Bay doesn't deserve Aaron Rodgers. I'm amazed he's no. still there. And, um, and I do have the I do have the Packers above the Saints in teams that would come out of the NFC. But what, yep, what do so I I have I have I have Dallas and Philly. I've got Tampa Bay. I've got Green Bay. Yep. And I've got two the, teams. Do you have the Vikings? In, I, the Vikings. That one's a toss up for me. That one's. A I'd put the Vikings at seven right now. I, I have two so. teams. Two teams in the NFC West. I would put ahead of New Orleans. That's. The Rams and the Cardinals. You know how I feel about the Cardinals and 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 Kyler yep. Murray. You probably disagree with me. Yeah, I think they're above New Orleans right now, and Minnesota to be determined. That one's that's where I that's where it starts to get interesting. Those are my like if you ask me to pick wild cards, like my top wild card contenders would be Arizona, would be New Orleans, Minnesota, Philadelphia. I think those are the teams that are going to be really competing for that those wild those three wild card spots. And I, I agree with you 100% there. I think our top eight is the same. And I think I have New Orleans at five, and you probably have them at six, maybe seven. I think I've got I mean, them at seven. I think I, I think I give them an edge over Minnesota. I have them around seven. And that's because I, of Jameis Winston. I'd rather have him than Kirk Cousins. 
I would rather, quite frankly, and, and you're going to hate this, but I'd take him over Kyler, Kirk Cousins, or Jalen Hurts. I would take him over all four of those guys right now. I want to agree we're gonna, If we're going to trade Jameis for Kyler Murray straight up, I think we lose that deal. I think we would need draft picks. I'm um, and it has nothing to do with contracts. I want to agree with you. And I think I could. Again, I think Jameis Winston has the potential. If we could see for a full year what we got a taste of in that first five, six games of 2021, yep. then I I could agree with you there, but I got to see it first. I 100% agree with you. I'd rather have Jameis than Jalen Hurts, who I like. I don't know what his ceiling is, but I like Jalen Hurts. And I, I don't like Kirk Cousins. I think I, if I'm an NFL franchise, the last quarterbacks I want on my roster are guys like Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill. That is mediocrity by definition. Yep. And you are in no man's land with a quarterback like that. Any, If you had a quarterback that was any higher rated than Jimmy Garoppolo on that 49ers team in 2020, they win that Super Bowl. So, And, and they don't need to be higher rated by much because he was one throw away. And same thing, with ten, same exact thing with Tennessee the yep. very next year. Yep. So – I am, I, or, or the year, maybe it was the year before. It was the same. No, it was, I think it was, it was the same, same year. Same that year. was the same year. Yeah, that's yep. right. It was the same year. That was the COVID year. It was weird. Yep. Uh, any, any quarterback better than, better than those two. Cause that's like those three quarterbacks to me are in a tier of mediocrity in the NFL. That's your yep. 15, 16, 17 best quarterback in the NFL. You're in no man's land. So and, the and nice thing same. about, the nice thing about having a quarterback lower than them is you have no choice but to go get someone better. Whereas these three, they tease you a little bit, and you get stuck in the mud with these three. You don't go anywhere with it. You end up like the Cavaliers from 2003 until LeBron leaves. With LeBron, you're making the playoffs. You're not getting any draft picks, but you're also in Cleveland, so you're not getting free agents, and you just can't get better. Your ceiling is capped when you have those guys, and maybe they make a throw here and there that's like, oh, this guy could do it. And then in the big moments, they don't. You just get stuck in this endless cycle, and it's and I'm with you there. That's a place you don't want to be as an NFL franchise. You can do it for a couple of years, maybe make a couple of playoff runs, especially teams that weren't playoff contenders. You look at the Vikings and the Titans aren't really playoff contenders until Cousins and Tannehill get there respectively. And now they're playoffs, so their fan base is now excited, but now also their fan base has expectations, and you're not going to meet those expectations with those guys. I agree, and that's that's the issue. That's why, at least with Tua, this is his final year before we throw him in that category. You know, quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts is another one yep. who we don't really touch on much. This is a prove-it year for him as well because Philadelphia has a good roster now. Uh, and another team, this isn't necessarily a roster. We'll finish off with this one. They're going to be on hard knocks Tuesday nights. Yep. Detroit Lions, we're looking at Jared Goff. That was also a former first-round pick, I believe, back in 2016, same year as Carson Wentz. Yep. And I am really glad you brought this one up. We're on the same wavelength here. I think, and this is going to be a bold take, and and this is kind of becoming a homework take because I've fallen in love with the Lions. Uh, My gambling group chat is pretty much all Detroit-based, my Detroit-based friends, and they've definitely pumped some smoke up me to, to fall in love with them a little bit, and I love the city there. I think within in five years, if we were to do a in five years power rankings, I would put this team in my top five of teams that could be really, really good <laughs> in five years. And, and I, I know 
this is almost it's i knew this was going to be as divisive as my bumblebee uniform so uh we'd have to get josh back that's not that that this is not that bad. um but we look at it we just talked about how weak the nfc is and how none of those teams have a quarterback that we can anticipate being at a high level in five years tampa Tyler bay Mark. they're uh, let me let me go through the list tampa bay tom brady in five years might still be playing um, so we can never yeah. discount that. Aaron Rodgers, we really think he's going to be dominating the AFC, NFC North. Once, he'll, he'll be retired. Once, he's got too many once he's outside got, of football. He'll retire. He's got, agreed. And he's going to go join Pat McAfee. But yes. the, the NFC North then becomes wide open because Kirk Cousins, I have a hard time believing, is, is still there. Um, Even if he is, he's irrelevant. And then who's the other team? It's, the, it's Justin Fields oh, in Chicago, Fields and that's and, still TBD. And I think that's one of the worst franchises uh, right now. And I am Ohio State homer, and I would not have taken Justin Fields there. I thought he was the lowest-rated quarterback in that class. Um, so no, no worries there. I'm very low on Trey Lance. I have a hard time believing Matthew Stafford is still there in five years and still performing at a high level. No idea where S- Seattle's going, but they've just given some big money to a wide receiver. Who, who will be probably close to 30, if not over 30 by time we're talking about this in five years. And then we go to, you know, we go to the Saints, uh, Panthers, and Falcons who have no, no clear path. The only team that I see still being relevant that we're talking about right now is the Eagles, potentially, if Jalen Hurts pans out. If he doesn't pan out, we go into a tailwind. Then you go the Cowboys, who I think will still be relevant there because they'll still have Dak Prescott. And then Kyler Murray, if he pans out like you think. So we just mentioned two teams in five years that are going to be stable. The Lions will not be great this year, so they'll get more draft picks. And this is a loaded quarterback class. If they get the right quarterback this year, this roster is trending towards a team, if they can keep people, that could be a top five team in the NFC. I don't know if I said – I might have said league, but top five team in the NFC. NFC, okay. In okay. five years – where they will be potentially the kings of the north because that division won't be great. We see how the we see how the Bears are managed. I have no faith in them. We see how the Packers are managed. I have zero faith in them. I mean, they've struggled to keep a generational talent happy. How are they going to keep mid-level guys happy? And then you got the Vikings, who right now they're really good because they got Calvin, uh, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. But in five years, I don't know if any of those guys are still on that team and performing at a high level. Um, Justin Jefferson maybe being the only one still there. I'll, I'll give you this. I, I do think that the Lions are set up for a good spot if they can get to the top of this quarterback class this year. And I think they could. And while we're at it, I just want to make sure that we're talking about if they struggle this year, that's two bad years under Dan Campbell. I really want them to hold on to Dan Campbell. I do too. I, I think Dan Campbell. And I, I think we're going to see this in hard knocks that – and I've – was listen to a different podcast where they were talking about the Lions have every reason every year to quit, and they don't. Dan Campbell has has that about him where you want to play hard even if the game means nothing. You want to play hard for him, and now they have two of you know the highly two highly touted prospects uh, on the defensive side of the ball with Jeff Okuda and, and Hutchinson. I right, it's Hutchinson that got drafted number one this year. Um, you got two really good defensive prospects that can can lock down a defense. Um, 
you draft a quarterback and offensive lineman and, and a wide receiver over the next two, three years, and you're in a position where you can be competing in the NFC. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll give you that. There, there is, there is a path to success for Detroit. It's not going to be with Jared Goff, who I think is going to be a journeyman backup, maybe a stock. But it could be. There. But it, but it, it, it could be if he goes out and has a great year this year. He was the number one pick, just like we're talking with Jameis Winston. And and I know the Rams won a Super Bowl, so the argument's irrelevant if they should have traded him. But if the Rams don't have that high level success, you, we have a different tone on this on this trade. And Jared Goff did lead them to a Super Bowl, as controversial as that Super Bowl appearance is. And they were in the game against Tom Brady in debatably the worst Super Bowl of all times. I get those things. But he had a, a thumb injury the last, thing two years. Um, he's been injured. So if he can stay healthy, have a good year, and take a step forward and not stay in the same place, he could be a steal, like we're talking about with Jameis Winston, where circumstances – provided a team to move on from their number one pick and win a Super Bowl. I'll, I'll just finish my last thought with, of all the quarterbacks we talked about on the hot seat, given their individual talent and the way they performed, given the team around them, I am the least optimistic about Jared Goff just because he couldn't get it done with a talented Rams group. I don't see him getting it done with this Lions group, and I don't see him putting up the numbers or the or the individual performances that would lead that organization to say, you know what, let's ride it out with them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I am also lowest on him just because his team is the worst and he is the least likely to be successful this year, which is why if he is successful, it would be the biggest win, and maybe he, he gets to play another year mentoring a rookie quarterback next year. Yeah, Brian, uh, thanks for thanks for having us on uh, today. It was uh, good chopping it up again. Uh, for those that are listening, make sure you follow us on social media, Chop Shop Sports and Chop Shop Bets, and check out our Twitter, Chop Shop Sports 1. And I look forward to being back uh, later this week.